Unreal Life for Equity podcast with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Hey, welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing ease to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. We are super excited about our guest today. They are serial entrepreneurs focusing on creating significance in every aspect of their lives. They have a combined experience of 23 years of full-time real estate investing with significant expertise in wholesaling, fix and flips, buy and holds, vacation rentals, residential assisted living, private lending, and syndication. They are passionate about Main Street investing and spreading financial knowledge. They are the founders of New Hope Senior Living, Private Money Authority of Tennessee, and the Backpacks of the Homeless Program. They are parents of four world travelers and philanthropists. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Greg and Heather Self. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, we're so looking forward to this interview. So let's just jump right into it. First, we just like to get to know a little bit more about our guests. Tell us where you're from and what inspired you to become an entrepreneur. Great question. I was, I'm from a little bit of everywhere. I <laughs> grew up mostly in Texas and moved here, when, I think when I was 14, in the Middle Tennessee area and have been here ever since. Oh, wow. And what about you? I was born and raised in Middle Tennessee, a couple counties west of Nashville. So I've always been in Middle Tennessee, other than I went to Memphis State for a semester for college. But other than that, always in Middle Tennessee. Well, let's elaborate on that. So you went to college. What were you studying at that time, Greg? I was a finance major at Austin P. State University. and then, yeah, so that was uh, four years there, graduated in 98 or so, I believe. So. Okay. And so there's just quite a few, this couple, I just, I really love what you guys are doing. Go ahead and share with our audience what you're currently doing, and then we'll kind of backtrack into your stories. Sure. We're uh, in the process of opening our first residential assisted living. Exciting. I know. It's going to be beautiful. We're really, really excited to bring this solution to our community. We're doing a 13-bedroom, 13-private bath with two half baths in it. So a lot of common space, a lot of great family rooms. So I think it's going to be a great solution to many people in our community. And it's definitely a, uh, I would say, more of a plantation-style home. It's on a huge property. It's like on 18 acres, it's way off the road. So it's definitely different. We don't have many residential assisted livings in our area anyways. It sounds beautiful. And did you go with the history? You guys follow Gene Garino? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. we're students of actually. So that's how we kind of kind of started down that road with Gene. And they've been a huge, huge help throughout the process. He's a really talented individual and his stories is very unique on even even how he got started with residential assisted living. So you could have did anything as far as real estate is concerned. Why resident assisted living? Well, my mom was uh, is actually in an assisted living. We've seen, as Gene would say, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So yeah. I know a lot of times we're, when we go see her, we're always thinking what we could do differently or 
the good, you know, what what's good about it, what's what we do different if we it was our business. And we've kind of taken that and along with the, the residential assisted living model and kind of tweaked it to what we want and, you know, plan to hopefully get it set up the way we want to go. That's a good story there. I know that usually there's something that's close to us that drives us to do what we desire to do. I know for us, we also have close loved ones who have been in assisted living. And so it's something that definitely saying that your area is one that doesn't have it. I'm sure that the community can really appreciate that. Tell me more about um, as far as your journey is concerned, what drove you two to be an entrepreneur couple? Because you guys are doing this together. Uh, oftentimes, it it's challenging for couples to always go in the same direction. We kind of got to encourage each other like, OK, hey, let's do this. And, you know, what drove you guys together to continue on this journey and vision? Well, I think we figured out early on in our relationship that we were good at very different things. Um, He's very good with spreadsheets and numbers and finance. And quite honestly, I would rather poke needles into my eyes than to work on a spreadsheet. (laughs) You sound like (laughs) (laughs) needles. I agree. (laughs) I think that was the benefit for us in just figuring out how to leverage each other's skill sets. And continually write those goals every day, keep each other accountable, and it keeps you on the same page. That's very true. What about you, Greg? Yeah, I think the same exact thing. You know, it was pretty easy. You know, we kind of just, I started in 2006 full-time, and I mean, she started 2009 full-time. So, I mean, it was a pretty easy transition. We, I mean, we kind of. I mean, our t- I think our timing was good, too, because it was about 2010, 2011 when we were really starting to rock and roll. And uh, that was about the downturn where things were down, but they were starting to come back slowly. But anyway, so we just never looked back at that point. And, you know, we set up systems and pretty much made it where we could, you know, travel as much as we want. And anytime we look at a business, we're definitely looking at it. Can we do this from the top deck of a cruise ship, basically? So Exactly. Um, That's very important. Yes. Yeah, for us, it's time freedom is what it's about. I couldn't agree with you more, Greg. Time freedom is something that a lot of people are striving for. And most entrepreneurs, believe it or not, you know, sometimes even being an entrepreneur, we still have to learn to really manage our time. And you hit on something, and that was putting the systems in place so that you can travel and do your work wherever you are or, you know, it works for itself. Explain to our audience more because that's something that a lot of people sometimes struggle with. They're wanting to travel more, but then they're like, oh, wait, I got to check my email or wait, I got to do this while they're traveling. So it's not, they're not even really enjoying the time away. So let's talk a little bit more about those systems. What type of systems has helped you guys up to this point? Yeah, I think one of the big things is when you're evaluating whether or not you want to do a business, you always look at it that you're not part of the business. So if it requires you to be part of the business, if, if this is something you want, you can't be part of the business. You have to be able to hire somebody to do what needs to be done on a daily basis. So, right. because if, otherwise you, you just have a job is what you have and, and you can't travel in that case. So when we're looking at it, if the numbers don't work with us hiring somebody to do what needs to be done, then, you know, we, we just don't do it in the end. Um, 
you know, with our rentals, we have a property management company that run those. So we get maybe an we get an email or two a, a month, and that's usually got to do with the deposit that we're getting, and really no other. I mean, unless there's a big repair that we never even hear from them, and that you know they do the quarterly inspection, so they take care of our problem, you know, our property. So, um, right. And you want to elaborate on that, Heather? Yeah, I was just going to say we we kind of learned that process or stumbled across it the hard way, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't wake up one day with all of that information knowing that in order to have time freedom, we would have to systematize our lives. And uh, so we did. We learned that the hard way. And the reality of it is, is when we started doing our own property management, we started growing in-house. And then we ended up creating four full-time jobs. We had to have somebody answering the phone. We had to have an office manager. We had to have a maintenance staff. We had to have all of these things and systems and and at the end of the day we realized like gosh this is not why we're investors all we've done is create all these full-time jobs so we switched it we went ahead got through the process and said it would be more efficient if we could hire an outside source to do this and we were lucky to find a great somewhat new property management company that was willing to take a lot of our systems and implement them and we kind of got to train them and work with them and and they had already had some education on it but between the two entities we were able to really get things run the way that we wanted it without us having to actually do it and it also ended up saving us a ton of money our overhead went from 23 percent to eight percent to hire them to do it so we saved a ton of money by turning it over. So wow, yeah, that is so. huge. <laughs> Twenty-three to eight percent—that is huge. Oh my goodness. And, yeah. and one thing too, I think it was right when we were really starting to wholesale and stuff and 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 retail some stuff. So we got looking at it, and I think the eight percent was about thirty-five hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So we realized that all we needed to do for the entire month was to be able to wholesale something for thirty-five hundred dollars. And that would pay for the management of all those rentals. We had about 60 or 70, I believe. It would pay for all the management for the entire month with just that $3,500. Wow. And we were doing a lot, and we were doing a lot more than that. So it was a no-brainer at that point once we pencil, you know, put put the pencil to the paper and looked at the numbers. So yeah. Wow. So that essentially that's 200 hours a month between the both of us. So wow. that's really a no-brainer once you break it down and go, wow, that's that's kind of insane that we were doing it the other way. But well, that's the process we go through, right? Exactly. And there, so there's like several things that I want to make sure our audience grasps just from that alone. So the first thing that you guys pointed out was if the numbers don't work, don't do it. And isn't it funny how people will try to squeeze like the square into the hole like they're really trying to (laughs) make that work and you know the corners are not going to fit just don't do it just walk away something else will will come along another opportunity and then when you said that your numbers went from 23 percent to eight percent from just hiring another team it sounds like you have an amazing team in place to do exactly what it is that you need to get done that is something that We can't be the jack of all trades. We cannot be the expert in everything. We don't have to know everything in order to operate a business. 
And that's something that sometimes as entrepreneurs, we are like, okay, I can do it. I'm the entrepreneur. I'm going to run the numbers. I'm also going to go run and walk my properties. I'm also going to make sure because you think you're saving money, but really you are, <laughs> you're essentially spending more money. Honestly, when I look at it from, cause I know we've done this too. You're spending more money on something that you could have hired an expert to do like right the first time. Oftentimes we're just repeating this thing of I can do it, I can do it. And then you're spending more money to fix what you've done when you could have just hired that out. So I think that was a lesson for both of us is to come to the conclusion that just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. That's actually a trap. That's actually a trap is when you're trying, when you're, and I'm just, I, I truly, we're always learning. So I've always done our bookkeeping for our businesses and stuff. And just about three months ago, I turned it over to a bookkeeper because it was one of those things that I can do and I can do well, but I right. didn't need to be doing it. Right. I need to be looking at big, big picture stuff. I need to be looking at raising money and right. raising capital, you know, that type of thing versus sitting 20 hours a week doing the bookkeeping for three or four companies. Exactly. And that's how you gain your time. And that's another thing that you guys highlighted is, you know, being able to have more time. The fact that you were spending 200 hours is just, I mean, I think a lot of entrepreneurs on average, you know, when they're first getting started, they're spending anywhere from 80 to 100 hours a week. And it's almost like you said, it, it just becomes a job. It's almost like you're working overtime in a job essentially, when you are putting that much time into it, when you can simply delegate is what I'm hearing from this. So with that being said, let's highlight some of the highs and lows of your journey. You said, you know, you've learned the process. Let's hear one of those nitty gritty stories, you know, one of those low times that you had to figure out how to get out of that. And then some of the successes. I think a low part for me, since we've become entrepreneurs, I could give you a 70 million before, but but after the the low part for me is kind of been the benefits, right? Because that's where we learn the most lessons and we learn to connect with the right people and figure out people that can solve a problem that I'm not smart enough to solve, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the low thing for me has actually been through the process with the residential assisted living. So we come from a background of we've flipped a lot of homes, we've done vacation rentals, we've done wholesales and everything you can imagine, private mm-hmm. lending. And so we've run the gamut on everything. But with this particular business, a lot of it's outside of your hands. You have to deal with a lot of state entities and regulations that they yeah. don't know what to do with because it's relatively new in the area. And so I think just learning how to be patient yet keep the ball rolling mm-hmm. has been really difficult for me. I'm not the most patient person. So I, I've learned a lot about myself during this process. So I think that's probably the low that sticks out for me personally as we're moving forward, just running over these things that I don't have control over. Right, right. And what about you, Greg? Yeah, I think say, for a lot of the same stuff type of thing, you know, and in addition, you know, we, you know, we've run into contractor issues like probably everybody in the world has. And, mm-hmm. you know, some, we, have, we have one contractor we used for about five years. And quite honestly, there was a time when we could just point him in the direction of the house and we had all the systems in place. And unless he had a question specifically, because they were all very similar renovations that 
you know, we almost didn't even have, I mean, it, we, it was such a system, we almost didn't have to go to the property at some point. But, um, but, but you know, and then he quit. And then, of course, we had, to, we had to re-gear and retrain everybody. And, you know, that's so we learned then, you know, not to put all your eggs in one basket. And, mm-hmm. and then also, I think, you know, after about 2017, I believe it was, we actually had, I'd say we semi-retired. And uh, after about a year or so, we decided that wasn't for us. We realized that we were bored to death, and uh, <laughs> while we had done all this stuff for that reason, and we were traveling a lot, but when mm-hmm. we were, you know, at the same time, we were like, we got to do something different, and that's when we kind of run across the residential assisted living, because at that point, it was kind of more, we're trying to figure out how we can give back and, you know, and provide value to the community and stuff versus just being out there making money, not to say we're not with, you know, potentially with the residential assisted living, but and the more we get into it, I would say, this is definitely something. The more we get into the residential system living, the more it becomes less about the money and more about helping people. Wow. Yeah, that is that is a big highlight. So there's a couple of things you guys hit on that, too, elaborating on connecting with the right people. And I think that is really essential when it comes to this entrepreneurship journey. You know, finding people that have already gone through the process, they have the experience. They're not just standing in the front of the room telling you, to do something and then you try to reach out to them and they're like well i didn't really do it i'm just telling you how to do it you know (laughs) and connecting with the right people is is very important and i think it also again goes back to time it helps you save time when you connect with the right people and like many of us as entrepreneurs especially us um, being in real estate you know we go through these processes we start with well, I think I want to flip. I, want, I think I want to host. I think I want to do this, do that. But essentially what it sounds like, Greg, is you guys really figured out what your why was, you know, giving back to the community, discovering that there was something more that needed to be done and not just going for the money. And I think when you discover that the money will come, like we're not saying don't go make money, but when you truly figure out your why, why you're doing this, you know, what you need to do, Everything else works out for itself. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Something we teach our kids and talk about almost on a daily basis when they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. I mean, the, the typical question is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. We've probably been asked that when we were kids. But we've switched that around a little bit, and we ask them, what problem do you want to solve? Mm. And by thinking of it that way, they really start to put the pieces together and what their underlying passion might be and maybe connect with their why a little bit younger. I like that a lot. What problem do you want to solve? That That is a different way of looking at it because society has created us to what do you want to be when you grow up? And then that's kind of all you know. It's like a limitation on, okay, you want to be a firefighter? That's it. You go train for that. You're done. They don't really ask you, what problem do you want to solve? I love that a lot. And I think if your children are anything like mine, they're going to watch what they see. So they see us, you know, going to walk properties, going to network, going to connect with people. And then I find my kids building things around the house, writing out what they want to do, figuring out, man, there's this problem. You know, one of my kids, for instance, wants to figure out a better way to eliminate trash in general because she is just big when it comes to 
recycling and caring for the earth. And we're just like, go for it, honey. We'll, we'll raise the money, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is you want to do. So I love that. What problem do you want to solve? So let's go ahead and elaborate a little bit more. We want to always make sure that we're giving our audience some type of action steps that they can take away right away. And so what are three things that you can share with our audience that they could use right now in their business? We're almost to the end of the year. So what's something they can use right now? All right. I would say this is more about self-confidence and and things like that, because that's going to help at any point of the business in every aspect of your life, whether it's with your children, how you approach situations and everything. So I would say the phrase that I was taught by Russell Gray from the Real Estate Guys Radio is be who you're becoming. Yes. You cannot wake up and be confident or an extrovert or good at networking or whatever that situation is, but you can go ahead and start acting like the person you want to be. So it gives you permission to not be shy, to not be whatever. You just start acting like the person you want to be right now. I like that. So that has been huge for me. What about you, Greg? Yeah, I think I've got a couple things. Um, you know, I'm definitely an advocate of early riser type of thing. I guess how El- Elrod, um, yes. Miracle Morning. Miracle Morning, um, yes. So- <laughs> I definitely follow that. I kind of have a mix of uh, Grant Cardone and that writing goals out twice a day versus, you know, a lot of people might write them out once a year. But I, mm. when I get up in the morning, first thing I do is write write my goals. And before I go to bed, I write my goals. So because it always keeps me refocused and they change, you know, they may change. And, and I guess the last thing with those goals is you really and this is, again, some, uh, Gary Keller, the, the, the one thing basically the one thing, is, yeah. I always have it. Yeah, I always have like two or three things that I want to accomplish for the ne- for that day. That if I accomplish those, it's been a great day. Yes. And, and I'll concentrate on those first. That's the ones I prioritize. You know, it, rather than trying to get a laundry list of to do list done, I, I I go after those first, and then the other stuff will be after. That's exactly. been definitely some things that work for us. So being a couple too, it's really important if you operate businesses together to goal set together mm-hmm. to yeah. communicate daily what are what are your top goals for today what are your top goals for today you know and really get on the same line and figure out how each one's going to accomplish that and how you can help them do that if there's something that you know part of what they needed to accomplish is part of your skill set then you can jump in and help with that and vice versa and you'll need a time block for that too. So you'll just have to block it off the calendar for when you're going to do it. Otherwise, you know, life happens and it doesn't happen. Block that off your calendar for when you're doing it once a week, when you're doing it once a month, when you're doing it once, you know, redoing the new year upcoming. That, and so just that way you're getting it done. I like that. I like that. So again, I mean, if you guys aren't grasping these nuggets, <laughs> You're going to have to play this one again because they are really, really hitting it, especially with the year almost coming to an end. So just to kind of recap on that, Heather, you started off with the self-confidence and Russell Gray is also a mutual mentor of ours. Be who you're becoming. That is so, so true. You know, act like the person you want to be. Wake up in the morning and realize, okay, 
do I want to look like the person who literally just rolled out of bed? <laughs> or, you know, do I want to put on my nice button up? Even, even myself, the, I, with you saying that, even this morning when I was taking my kids to school, I was like, okay, let me just kind of make sure I'm prepared for this meeting because I know I have a full day. Just starting with that even makes you feel better. I mean, it's something about when you put on you know, that nice shirt or nice pair of pants, whatever it is for you, it builds up your self-confidence naturally. So I like that. And then the next thing that you guys highlighted was The Miracle Morning. Now, if you guys have not read this uh, book, it is truly life-changing. It's something that we have also practiced here in our home. And it's something that I, like, I even go back to. Like, I'm one of those people, I'll pick up a book, set it down, kind of meditate on whatever it is that, I read and then go back to it and just keep moving forward. Um, And then writing goals, you know, like Gary Keller does with The One Thing, that's another great book. That's one that I'm actually digging into more um, right now. There's so much with that. The one thing, you know, doing whatever it is that is necessary, not multitasking. There's really no such thing as of multitasking. And it's funny how we all, all were trained to think that <laughs> and realizing like, again, there's that time factor that we've been talking about. We're truly wasting time trying to create this list and check things off. But are you really getting done what it is you need to get done? Are you really truly doing the one thing that is necessary to make everything else easier? And so time block, I love that. That's another thing that Justin and I also do. We actually set goals before the new year because it just makes sense to us. We want we don't want to start January 1st trying to figure out what we're doing right to me. Um, and I, you guys may agree or disagree. But to me, when you're starting on January 1st trying to figure out hmm, what am I going to do for the year, you've already wasted time. And the new year has already started. <laughs> so it's good to kind of start on the back end and figure out, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And yes, doing it as a couple, if you're working together as a couple, is very, very important. But I also believe doing it individually, because I think that if you can grow yourself, like you said, with the self-confidence, coming together is just also powerful, also powerful. All right. So this is the time where we like to provide something that you can grasp in your hand. And so Heather has went on ahead and wanted to share with our audience a wonderful gift. Um, the first thing is her 20 lessons I've learned from tragedy. You can get this by going to her website, heatherself.com. That's Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, self, like S-E-L-F.com. You'll receive a weekly email um, where it's just about a minute or two to read that you can literally implement into your life each week and meditate on. And then also, she was recently featured in the number one bestseller, Don't Quit, Stories of Persistence, Courage, and Faith. Please go get the book. Like, (laughs) every person I know that has been part of Kyle Wilson's book project, it's just mind-blowing. Like. The way he gets amazing people together and the stories that you can grasp from that. I mean, there's just so many amazing stories. So be sure to go to heatherself.com where you can get both of those items. The 20 lessons I've learned from tragedy and the ebook actually don't quit stories of persistence and courage and faith. So with that being said, 
There's one additional thing that I want to ask you guys, especially because you, I can tell that you're both really passionate about your family and your children. And so that would be, what would you tell yourself 10 or 20 years ago right now? For me, it would be, don't compare your chapter one with somebody else's chapter 20. Wow. I think for me, it's definitely focus more on relationships, not necessarily on outcomes right then, because um, investing is a long-term game. And um, as uh, uh, the real estate guys, you know, say a lot, it's fishing versus hunting, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. You, you don't want to go out for the kill. I mean, you're you, you're working on the long-term relationships with a lot of people, and and over time, that becomes the most important part of it. And and it it took a little time for us to figure that out. Definitely learned how important it was over time. Yeah, that's so true. So don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter twenty. That's so true. You never know what what every person's story is and how they got to where they are today and then relationships that is just i think that's what keeps us all glued together as a human race is relationships that's something that sometimes it's hit and miss you know that's why we get the opportunity to wake up and try again with those so i thank you guys so much for being with us today and um is there any last words or anything that you guys have for our audience I would say just regardless of where you're at in your business, just stay focused on the goals that you want to achieve, build the right team, and from there you build the systems for the team to run, and then go on a cruise. Yes. Woo! <laughs> 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 Is it like me? I'm always looking at cruises like, okay. We're, we yes. <laughs> we're we're selfish. Kind of cruise addicts over here. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Anything else from you, Greg? We've mentioned it before, but you know, find a mentor who's doing what you want to do and mm-hmm. and they're successful and they're actually doing it. And then even if it costs money, I mean it's gonna save you money in the long term. Yes. Uh, even, you know, some yeah, I mean if you pay several thousand for the mentor whatever it's going to save you one little mistake can make you could cost you way more than what that would say you know that cost is going to be so we highly believe in leveraging other people's time and other Mm -hmm. people's money you know other people's time from a coaching standpoint and you know obviously using other people's money to do the deals that we do so i just think once you learn how to do those things it makes life a lot easier I couldn't agree more. So we'll leave you with that. Stay focused, build the team so you can create the systems, find a mentor, which can help you save money. So with that being said, thank you again, Heather and Greg, for being on the show today. And for everybody else, we look forward to next week. Thanks for having me. Man, that was a powerful interview with Heather and Greg. There's so many things that you can apply to your own business in that. Absolutely. If you were listening, there were so many different action steps that they presented in this interview that you can definitely take from and implement right away. Just so many powerful nuggets to apply. So again, as always, we appreciate you listening. See you next week. 
Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.